Welcome to Celebrate Good Lives, a podcast coming to you from Whakatane, New Zealand, talking about the funeral industry here and abroad. I'm Brad. And I'm Dean. We're here to demystify, empower, and talk about the ways in which you can celebrate good lives for those who are no longer with us. So join us on a podcast journey where we discuss all facets of funeral life, what's involved, and how we can help you, our podcast community, celebrate good lives better. Well, we're here. We're here for our first podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Celebrate Good Lives podcast. It's wonderful to be with you. Um, It's been a long time in the making. We've talked about it. We've thought about it. We've thought about how this is going to go. And here we are. So I'd just like to welcome in my friend and colleague, Dean Weber. Welcome, Dino. Wow, thank you very much, Brad. Yeah, so exciting times for us. Exciting to, to be able to bring on a podcast and do something for for the industry and talk about what we do and how we do things and, and most importantly, look to empower uh, people to, to be able to make their own decisions when it comes to funerals. And we're going to talk about all aspects of funerals. But before we do that, I just want to talk to you, Dean. I want to talk about you. How did Dino become a funeral director, and where are you from, mate? I'm sensing an accent. <laughs> well, very good. You've got the sharp ear this morning, Brad. You're right. You're right. My name is Dean Weber. Um, I have been a funeral director for nearly 30 years now. I originate from the from the United States. Um, I was born in Algona, Iowa. I did my university education through the Cincinnati College of Mortuary Science. Um, where I fortunately earned a bachelor's degree uh, through the through the mortuary school there, and uh, went to work in Iowa for a uh, quite a busy funeral home in Waterloo. Right. So, and that's sort of how you got into into the funeral industry. Is it something you always wanted to do, or what's? How did it sort of come about for you? That's an interesting. It's usually a very interesting spot to ask each one of us how that happens. Some of us are born into it. Some of us have the preconceived thought of this is exactly what I want to do. For me, it was a little bit of a different route. Um, I was going to university with the anticipation and the thoughts of being in the medical field, being a doctor, being some sort of, uh, yeah, medically led um, career, Mm. um, excuse me, and then decided after getting a bit deeper into it that maybe it wasn't the right place for me and had a, a break with a uh, high school mate of mine's dad who let me jump in and observe for a while. Right, and so then obviously it, it sort of turned into maybe this is something I want to do, maybe this is something I want to, a, a track I want to go down, the, the no two days are the same sort of style. Or? Yes, yes, part of it. It was an instantaneous grab by the front of the jacket I was hooked. Mm. The first time, the first day, the first thing I did, I was, I was absolutely hooked with the fulfillment and the reward mm. of what it brought, not only to myself and the feeling inside me, but what I saw being received by the clients. Right. And so I guess... From there, you sort of did a little bit of time still in Iowa, and then you've told me a little story about how you managed to get to New Zealand of all places, coming from the middle of nowhere uh, in Iowa. So what what sort of gave you that feeling of, I think it's time to go, I think I need to to leave here, Mm. I want to go and see something else. What, What brought you down under? 
Yeah, well, there's always an adventurous spirit that has um, boiled within me um, and this this willingness to keep exploring. So having been um, grown up landlocked in Iowa, those of you who geographically are unaware of where that is, uh, right in the middle of the United States. And part of our day-to-day uh, responsibilities was um, managing all the snow. Mm. And eventually, after about eight, nine years, just got overwhelmed of the environment was ready for a change. And Wanted feet, to see some water. Absolutely. Happened to be, um, yeah, Fiji was on TV at the time. And I said, what a greater place to go to than Fiji. Tried for a while to get the, uh, the transition to happen. Uh, a little to my understanding, it's a very difficult thing to do to Fiji. So found New Zealand in about the 12th page of a Google search. Decided, hey, never heard of it. Where is it? Hey, it looks like right next to New, or right next to Fiji. Sent an email, and next thing you know, on a plane down to do some visits and some interviews and meet some people. Wonderful. And now you've obviously been in New Zealand for how long? Uh, oh, geez, uh, twenty-two years, roughly. Right. Twenty-one, twenty-two years. So I don't think I think it's safe to say for the listeners that the accent won't be going. So after twenty-two years, I think it's probably a sure sure bet that it's going to be hanging around. I think the the crux of it is going to remain. There will be some um, Kiwi eccentrics that come into my slangs, right. but otherwise the pronunciation's there to stay. And then, so when you arrived in New Zealand, you spent um, up until. Very recently, really, you've spent most of your career in Walkworth, north of Auckland, mm. and you were a funeral director there for, for that the whole time that you've been yes. in New Zealand, basically. Yeah, so I chose to take a job in Walkworth uh, to initially get myself the visas and the permits to move to New Zealand. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the experience, the people, and the opportunities culturally and socially that were provided from everyone there the opportunity then came forward to come down and join your group and it was a good time for me with young kids to explore a new part of the country cool and so you've obviously been here in Fakatane for for about five months four mm. months now so yeah. so it's it's a new experience for you to be down here uh, how are you enjoying it how are you enjoying Fakatane and but a bit quieter than maybe the north of Auckland or similar size? <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a bit quieter. Uh, the uh, the traffic surely, uh, you know, although there is some traffic, believe it or not here, mm. uh, certainly not anything that rivals uh, the North Shore or Auckland City and Walkworth on a weekend. Mm. Don't miss that at all. Uh, really enjoying the outdoors and get amongst it lifestyle and the attitude of of the Bay of Plenty. Yeah, and we've obviously we talked about the traffic. We've just before we jumped on the podcast today been talking about the new roundabout going in at Fakatane. So uh, looking forward to hopefully, you know, making that travel time to work for you. Maybe instead of eight minutes we might make it five. Yeah, so anything hey. to get here earlier. Oh man, absolutely. Hey, well, it's great to hear about you, and it's great to hear um, how mm. you've ended up in New Zealand, and and um, you know that you've come over and and feeling feeling comfortable in Whakatane and, and I think that's sort of part of what we're trying to achieve here with the podcast as well is just to give people a, a raw version of ourselves. That's right. A raw version of what we, you know, can do for a funeral, what we can achieve and, and um, 
Yes, yeah, exciting time. Yeah, 100%. Um, you and I share a lot of commonalities um, in our adit- attitudes of creativity and pushing the boundaries of what people can do, what they want to do, or what they need to do. Mm. Um, you and I also have some big differences, and uh, some of them are our backgrounds. Mm. And so you're a New Zealander. You're born mm. here. Mm. You were born whereabouts? Yeah, so so I'm born and bred in Tauranga. Um, so I did lived there for the first 18 years of my life. So I started in the funeral industry when I was 16. Um, 16. Yeah, just a baby, eh? And um, did yeah. You, did, did your parents drop you off for the first day? Yeah, yeah they did because they didn't have a license. And um, yeah, so just a, a something I read it in a uh, careers book at school. Uh, school wasn't my thing. Mm. Didn't really interest me that much. Teachers were quite happy to sign the form to say that I was able to leave. Yeah. Um, and I had somewhere to go to and I, and I managed to get an opportunity at a funeral home in Tauranga um, and spent two years learning learning mm. um, mostly embalming but you know with the first um, few months there it was cleaning toilets cleaning cars vacuuming floors setting up funerals handing out cups of tea you know all that sort of stuff so it gave me a nice rounded uh, version of, of you know this is what's involved in the funeral industry and you've got to start mm. here Gives you know, start down here and then you can work your way up the, the, the present you an opportunity to um, iron out a lot of the smaller details and get good at the smaller details before some bigger responsibilities come along. And that's a that's where most of us all start within the industry. Absolutely. And at 16, you don't really have any life experience. In fact, you don't mm. have any, to be fair. Um, and when, it was my first job. So, you know, I was, I was very grateful to be given the opportunity to, to, to work in a funeral home at that age. Mm. Um, you know, you think to yourself, you know, even here would i employ a 16 year old to come in and work here and it's like oh it's a it's sort of teetering on the edge there you know so yeah it was a good opportunity it was great to be able to you know to to be able to learn that stuff and and to to come through and and take those learnings from from there and and put them forward into into where we are now and you have international experiences as well, yep. but yours aren't to the United States. Yours are... Australia, Australia, yeah. So, I mean, this is where we have quite a few common things. And we, in, our, in our intro to the podcast, we talk about here and abroad, you know, because we have experience, both of us, in both in different countries. You know, I was a funeral director in Australia for a couple of years. Um, You've obviously funeral directed in the US. So we've got some ideas on differences between the industries and and going to Australia taught me a lot taught me a lot about how to be uh, a funeral director with little you know um, resources I suppose I was in a I was in a small town up in North Queensland and we didn't have you know we we did everything ourselves we had you know we had we were the funeral director we did the mortuary preparation we did the cremations we did the burials we didn't dig the holes but we did the burials uh we do you know we did memorial gardens we mowed the lawns we looked after the gardens so it was a very big um responsibility and i was only sort of 18 or 19 when i went there too so i think i might have just turned 19 so Mm. um yeah having that that difference in a career to go from from new zealand to australia and then come back has certainly given me uh 
the realization that we do things well in New Zealand, we do things differently in New Zealand, and, and everywhere does things differently. We had this conversation this morning about how New Zealanders versus Americans deal with grief, or you know, mm. and yeah, it's certainly given us a different perspective, I think, mm. on on funerals, and and it gives our listeners a different perspective on you know maybe what what we can show them and from different countries. Mm. I got a feeling where there's going to be a lot of um, exciting um, back and forth conversations between us with the experiences we've had as my United States experience has been quite um, all encompassing, mm. uh, similar to your Australian experience of having to um, perform all the duties mm. required where um, including shoveling snow, including shoveling snow. Um, where the experience that um, some people may find themselves in getting into the industry is solely embalming mm. or solely being a funeral attendant. So it's um, yeah going to be some interesting. Or in Australia, you're a funeral arranger or a funeral conductor. Right. So there's a difference there oh, too. No right? So a lot of funeral homes do things differently in Australia. I was lucky to work in a funeral home that wasn't like that. Uh, but most funeral homes that work well corporate funeral homes in australia there's a lot to talk about as far as that stuff mm. goes too but um corporate funeral homes in australia are traditionally yeah you have an arranger and a conductor and one person arranges the funeral the other person does the funeral so very very different um to new zealand very hands-off very you know a, a lot to a lot to talk about and we'll save that for another episode yeah, but, yeah. but yeah i think it's 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 great to to show the listeners and, and give them a little bit of a, an idea on who they're listening to, mm. um, you know, who we are and what, we, what we're about. And, yeah. and I think in the tagline of the podcast, I put something along the lines of, you know, uh, we don't care much for the old school mentality of you tell us what, you know, we'll tell you, sorry, what to do. No. Well, we want you to tell us what you want. And, and you know... Um, that's exactly right. There was um, a conversation I had uh, yesterday with a gentleman that came in, oh, a gentleman I was visiting out of town, and I had explained to him how lucky I was with the places where I have worked that I've been allowed to um, formulate my own way of, of bringing myself to the funerals for each family that I do. I've never been constricted mm. to have to follow um, a recipe or a flow chart or a plan. Mm. Um, so I think over my 29, nearly 30 years, I've uh, created um, quite an extensive amount of creativity brainstorming processes mm. within me that, that are yeah waiting to come out and they come out for the right people hopefully at the right times. Absolutely. Um, and I know in our discussions that the, the creativity and the empowerment mm. and the, the displacement of confidence to those who come and ask us mm. to help them and um, find that that really becomes fulfilling on the other end. 100%. And, um, you know, we're going to delve into all sorts of different things uh, when it comes to funerals. You know, we're going to we'll talk about you know, obviously we, we will discuss embalming and we'll discuss that at length, but we'll also discuss some really important factors that are sort of becoming quite poignant in funerals at the moment. And that's things like direct cremation or I don't want a funeral. We'll call it I don't want a funeral. Mm. And so how, how families can navigate that as well, because there's an element of 
serving the family's wishes but there's also an element of your own grief and your own dealing with that so we'll, we'll discuss that sort of stuff going forward we'll talk about burial and cremation and the differences you know between countries as well and cremation rates and burial rates and all that sort of stuff but i think when you look at this podcast new and and what separates us from from other podcasters what i said before we're going to be raw we're going to be natural this is this is we're going to tell you how it is i don't see why we need to to be closed book in this industry i mean mm. people want the opportunity to be able to take their own funeral and their own grief and their own ideas and nothing's wrong there's nothing wrong with having a funeral in the garden or a funeral at the beach or mm. a funeral anywhere like who says that you have to do a particular thing no one and well in fact whatever your heart tells you is the right thing to do um, generally is the right thing to do some of some of those circumstances that I've been involved with where it's been at a beach or at somebody's house or in the hay shed or where wherever it may be as creative as it could be have been some of the most fulfilling professionally fulfilling and emotionally satisfying to the client families that have ever ever been involved with 100% and I think we're going to give our listeners the tools in order to you know take things away from this podcast and go well you know what why don't we start thinking about this for ourselves or do I have a mother or a father or or a brother or a sister or someone that I'm going to have to maybe talk about or think about organizing a funeral for at some point Mm. and how we can better create that memory that long-lasting memory for for people who went to the funeral and went you know what that was cool that's and right that, that, i got something out of that man and it wasn't it wasn't i showed up at the funeral home chapel at gateway in Fakatane and i walked in and i sat down and this lady stood up and she just said the same thing i heard 10 years ago and then we walked out and we had a couple of pies and a and a, and a club sandwich and a cup of coffee and then we left mm. like how can we be better how can we be better? And I think that's something that drives us as funeral directors every day in our job, and which is what we do every day, is, is how can we be better? How can we show the community and show people that, hey, there's way more to this, mm. way more to this yeah. than the traditional church service followed by a burial or chapel service followed by a cup of tea and a cremation so we're going to give people the tools to maybe think about and just give people the idea and 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 to to maybe just get that thought process and that science that behavioral science where we where we can think outside the box and look at different aspects i think one other real key thing that people are going to be able to take away from our discussions is the uh, the multitude of different hats mm. that as quote unquote funeral directors mm. we wear mm. we are uh, family counselors grief counselors we are businessmen we are graphics designers we <laughs> we are event coordinators we're video- videographers we're tech sound technicians we have to wear we are groundskeepers mm. um, so we have to wear um, a multitude of hats. Ballet. Mm. yeah and i think uh, people sort of you know we'll obviously talk about cost and we'll talk about all that sort of stuff and what makes a funeral account and all these sorts of things is that we have so much coming for you guys we have so much coming for you it's unbelievable we've got content for days um and so we're we're really excited we're really excited 
But I wanted to just ask you, Dean, if there's one thing you could give to the listener today, there's one thing that they take away from this podcast and they, 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 they think, oh man, that was cool. What can you give them? Give me something. Something that they can take away. Something that is like, that, that might make them think, really? I think primarily one thing that I see a lot with people is, and, and a big difference when people do it and when people don't, is if you have the opportunity that you're aware that this is going to be an eminent process in your family, use your time wisely. Mm. Come and have a visit with us. I'm happy to make it brief, but make sure you spend your time with the people who need your time. Say the things you need to say. Give the hugs and the kisses that you need to give to make the rest of the journey as good as it possibly can be. Mm, no regrets. Mm, you don't no want to have regrets because that's unhealthy grief. Mm. It's unhealthy grief and it doesn't doesn't go well for anybody. So I think that's one takeaway we can take away from today and go, hey, if there's anything, if you're experiencing you know, the impending loss of somebody or you, you've listened to this because you think this could be of value to you, take that on board. Take what Dean said on board. Take it on board. Take it away. Think about it and make it happen. I think it's been a real cool opportunity for us to sit down with you really briefly today, guys, just to really brush over the surface of where we are going with this. I'd like to thank you, Dino. Dino. Dino hey, Weber. Thanks. Dean Weber, thank you for being with me. Um, we're gonna we're going to keep this going. We've got plenty of content, so we hope to 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 be going through your sound waves very 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 soon. And we have plenty of guests that are um, joining us through the through the times when yeah, they're available. Hundred so. percent. We're gonna have international guests. You know, we're gonna have local guests. We're gonna get people on here that are relevant to funeral service. Mm. And um, fingers you know, fingers crossed for a celebrity or two. So let's see what we can come up with. Great to have you guys listening to us today. Thank you for your time. And all the very best.